0: If you were considering joining a team versus a brokerage, then this is the video for you. All right, when we are talking about teams versus brokerages, it is probably one of the most common questions I get asked as a small team leader and speaker is, should I join a team? Is that the right move to do? So I'm going to try to break this down as objectively as possible, and I'm going to start with the benefits of joining just a brokerage and then the benefits of joining a team now try to keep in mind i am a team leader so i might skew a little bit biased on one side but i'm gonna to try to be as objective as possible to make sure you guys get as much information as you need so that you can make a proper decision there are going to be six things that i want to cover in each category so starting with the first out of the six for joining a brokerage would be your independence so one big thing that you are going to get at a big box brokerage or even a boutique brokerage most of the time is you're going to get Independence—you're going to be able to run your business exactly as you like within the parameters of the brokerage, and they tend to be a little bit more lenient. So, if you're brand new and you're trying to make this decision, then this is one of the points you might want to look at: of Are you a go-getter? Are you a self-starter? Are you the kind of person that you're just going to come up with a business out of the ground out of nowhere, or are you going to need a lot more assistance? Full autonomy and control over your business is very important to a lot of people. In fact, a lot of people get into real estate for this reason, they want the freedom, they want to be able to come and go as they please. And on some teams, you might not have that option, you might actually have to come in to work, you might actually have to prospect, they're going to hold you accountable and things like that. But we'll talk about that here in just a minute. Number two on my list for joining a brokerage over a team is brand recognition. So it is most likely your area might be different, but most likely more people have heard of the big box name brokerages that you might be joining or even some of the boutique brokerages in the area than they recognize the team name. This isn't true in every area. Some teams have gone and exploded, and you know amassed a ton of success, and they've got a lot of brand recognition. But for the most part, somebody leaving town, moving into your town, they might not know that team, but they might know a Keller Williams, a Coldwell Banker, an EXP, an LPT Realty, whatever brokerage that you're considering. And in turn, this is going to help with some of your sales. Anybody that tells you it doesn't is probably a little bit crazy, because I think it does affect it a little bit. I remember when I started early on in my career, there were certain people that would call me and then after they heard what company I was with, they would either have an opinion or not. This was pretty rare, but it did happen. Oh, hey, you know, I don't really like people from x company. Okay, got it. Cool. I lost that deal. But then on the same note, I also had people call and say, Oh my gosh, my agent was from X brokerage as well, we'd love to work with you. Number three on my list for joining a brokerage over a team would be the resources. So a brokerage is going to offer different resources than a team might now a lot of teams are going to offer all the resources you could possibly need in order to be successful. But a brokerage is typically going to offer a whole bunch of those as well to include some of your marketing stuff, your signs, maybe they have a sign person that does it for you. And they take a little bit of that off your back. Maybe they have an admin person that's going to help you with some of your paperwork stuff. If you are trying to go at this alone. I mean, there are tons of different options that they might be doing. And again, every broker just different. So you really need to make sure that you're interviewing the broker or the managing broker or the recruiter, whoever you're talking to, make sure that you are getting all of those questions answered to find out exactly what they're going to offer you to see if it fits with your business. Now, I don't have anything against any of the big brands, I think they've all done very well. That's why they are big brands. They just need to mold your personality a little bit. So if they're not offering you things that fit with your business, and what's going to be important in you in the long run, then they're probably not the best fit for you. On the other hand, if they're offering everything you need, then maybe a team isn't necessary. Number four on this list will be commission structure in a lot of cases is not going to be, you know, the standard across the board. But if I'm taking a traditional team and a traditional brokerage, the brokerage is typically going to have a better split percentage. That does not mean that you're going to make more money, though, I want to make that abundantly clear, the commission split that you get is not the only thing you should be looking at. But if you are looking for a low split, you are a self starter, you already have a good idea of what you're going to do to get into real estate and you know, rocket out of the park, then commission splits do make a difference. You know, if you're paying 20% of everything you earn in perpetuity, it stacks up to be a lot of money. That's part of the reason why I left one of the previous brokerages I did, it was nothing to do with the people or the training or the services. It was just too much money being taken in the long run. So I ended up going to a brokerage that caps and capping meaning you pay a certain amount and then you don't pay any for the rest of the year. At the amount of production my team and I do it just made more sense to go to a capping company so that I can take the influx of that extra money that we would generally give to a brokerage and then we can give specialized services, but we're not talking about teams right now. This is just something to note. So if you want a great split, you're generally going to see it on the brokerage side, but not all brokerages are going to be a great split. In fact, a lot of the big box brokerages are going to start off a new agent at 50 or 60% while they're retaining 50 to 40% of the deal. Now, of course, some are different. Some are going to have flat fees. Some are, you know, there's a ton of options out there. But just in the grand scheme of things, that is one thing to consider is you're generally going to have a lower split number five and probably the one that gets the most overlooked about joining a brokerage particularly a big box brokerage or a boutique that's very popular in an area when i say a boutique i mean it's not a named person it's not a coldwell banker keller williams better homes in garden corcoran reverie it's not one of those big names it's you know yellow rose real estate from you know whatever town you're from right And one of the biggest things overlooked on this is the access to a larger network. And the biggest thing that's missing here is access to a bigger pool of agents that might be passing off referrals. So it is very common that whenever somebody is sending a referral from x state to x state, let's say I live in Florida, and I'm sending one out to New York, I'm generally going to find somebody in my brokerage if I can. And it's just an affinity thing. It's just human nature. Right, we, we're community based people. We see, oh, they're in our community. Hey, there's this great so and so agent over there. They work for the same company I do. They're great, right? Now, that's not the case with everybody. Some people are going to go outside of that boundary, and in fact, a lot of people do. But for the most part, when you're leaving a big box brokerage for a smaller one, if you were getting a lot of referrals from wherever they were coming from, you can expect those to slow down in most cases. Now, of course, if you're going to a lot of events, and you're still staying active in the community or staying active at conferences and meeting other people from different brokerages, this might not affect you that much, but it is something to consider. And number six on my list is the legal protection. So at a brokerage, you're generally going to have very quick access to legal protection, if you need it, if you've made a mistake, somebody else in the transaction made a mistake, something like that a broker is going to step in much quicker when you're right down the hall from them. When you're on a team, and maybe you're separated from that broker is going to take a little bit longer. But I mean, in all reality, this is kind of a small one, because what's the difference instead of you walking down the hall to talk to your broker about a legal issue, you pick up the phone, and you have to stay on hold for five minutes. This isn't one that I would make any grand decisions on. But it is something to consider. Because if you stay in real estate long enough, something's going to happen, you're going to get in a bad spot at some point. It's just the nature of the game. Now let's go and move on to teams and why teams might be a better choice for you. And this is kind of my bread and butter. This is what I enjoy what I love. I have watched teams from the beginning of my career back in 2014, all the way till now and seeing everything that is, you know, kind of changing in the industry. In fact, I've been watching this for even about five or six years before then when I was first considering getting into real estate when I was active duty. The bottom line here is teams are growing and probably by 2028 to 2030 20, 20, roughly half of every agent will be on a team because they're offering such very highly dedicated services to their agents it's it's difficult for them not to be successful if they put in any effort and try at all So that goes with number one on my list for joining a real estate team versus a brokerage. And that would be the support that you're going to get from the team. If the team is built properly, that's a big caveat to everything I'm about to say here. It needs to be a strong team. This doesn't need to be a bunch of agents just getting together, working out of the same office space, not really helping each other, not no accountability, no lead flow, no, nothing, nothing like that then when done properly, the team support structure will generally far exceed one out of a brokerage. Of course, this isn't going to be an all inclusive thing. There are some brokerages that offer incredible support structures. But for the most part, a team is going to be very dedicated specific to the types of business or the type of business that you want to bring in to your real estate business. And it's overarching support for everything. For instance, on our team, for team leads, for instance, they are completely nurtured for you, they're ready to go by the time somebody calls in, we nurture them until the moment that they're ready to go to an appointment. And then we call the agent and we say, Hey, this person's ready to go, they need a buyer consultation, which will take about an hour. And then we need you to start showing homes with them, put them under contract and then hand the paperwork off to a transaction coordinator, and she's going to assist in everything else, you'll still need to contact your customer or your client. Um, And keep them in the loop for everything but for the most part about 60% of your job is taken away from you You don't need to prospect you don't need to run the back end of the deal you don't need to set up inspections and surveyors and all of this other stuff and watch deadlines we have a transaction coordinator for that that's half your job right there and it's the half of the job that most real estate agents aren't that great at at the end of the day, people get into real estate because they like people for the most part, I'm a natural introvert. So it is a little bit different. I do love people, but I do recharge a little bit better when I'm uh, by myself or, you know, just grinding at work or whatever. But for a lot of real estate agents, they're people people, they want to be out in front of people. And that's what they should be doing. Because that's what you're generally good at. So leave the paperwork to somebody that's good at paperwork. It's two different types of personalities, guys, I can't stress this enough. In fact, I tell brand new real estate agents that I coach generally, get a transaction coordinator, if nothing else, you can pay them per transaction. And it's not even a risk to you. Yes, you'll make a little bit less money three to $500 less per transaction. But it's going to take so much time off of you that you can spend that time learning and go getting to the next level getting on YouTube watching videos like this, implementing things that you see, because don't just get caught in the trap of watching videos like this all the time you need to implement too. But you're implementing these strategies. And now you can exceed or excel in your business even further. So instead of that one closing that you got, you should be able to pick up three, because of the amount of time that you're not spending in paperwork. And then on top of that, a team will provide other resources that will be helpful to you, whether it's calling systems, whether it's Um, Great strategies to make sure that you're implementing everything properly. Um, You know, a great CRM system, just all around great tools and accountability. And most importantly, leads. The faster you can get into lead flow, the faster you can get in front of somebody is the faster your career will take off. I can't emphasize this one enough because a solo agent generally takes anywhere from six to nine months to close their first deal. Whereas somebody on my team, for instance, is generally going to close one or two deals in their first two months. And that's because we have these leads ready to go, we pass it to them. And you're going to make mistakes in front of people. And that's going to help your career tremendously. Because what happens, right? You have an emotion when you make a mistake in front of a person versus just reading about it or hearing about it in a video you're going to make the mistake in front of that person, and you're going to remember that for the rest of your career, right? When you say something silly, you don't say, you know, you should have said, I don't know, I will find out and let you know, and you instead splurted out some answer. And then they talked to a friend and the friend proved you wrong. And now you've lost credibility. And it makes the entire deal just a little bit, uh, or have a little bit of friction through the entire time. That's something you're going to remember, okay, we can teach you that or we can put a video on that, but you're not going to know until you're getting in front of people. So lead flow is so important, not just because yes, it's good. And yes, it brings an in income, but also for the quickness in how, um, in how you learn the real estate game, the more real estate conversations you have, the faster you will gain confidence. And the faster you gain confidence is the faster your career will take off. Number two, on a team, you have collaboration a little bit more than you would on a brokerage. Now, I'm not saying that there aren't brokers out there that have great culture and great collaboration because they actually generally do. It's it's especially culture. That is something that a lot of brokers really hammer home, and they do a very good job at. But collaboration is a different thing. When you're sitting next to somebody, knowing full well that they might be on the same listing appointment as you competing against the same property, and the same owner to try to get the same business, you're not going to tell them all of your secrets, right? You're not generally going to sit down with them and go, let's work on your listing presentation because they are your competitor in a sense. But on a team, there's a different atmosphere. Everybody works together as a team. So when one of the team members has something that works really well, they know that they can pass that off to the next person because their business isn't generally going to cross over as it might if you were just in a brokerage. Which sitting next to you know, sitting in a bullpen with multiple, multiple other agents that are going to overhear this right. So you're going to use that kind of stuff. Somebody's got a great strategy, it works out well, somebody else picks it up and goes, Okay, great. I'm going to pick that up and run with it. Hey, this Facebook posted really well It brought in this client here, this lead here, you should try it, they tried, it it works out well. My point is the collaboration here is great. And it is generally a lot more tight knit on a team than it will be at a brokerage. And number three will be increased productivity. On a team, you generally have a whole bunch of jobs split out. You remember earlier, I mentioned the transaction coordinator. As I mentioned a second ago, we have an ISA team, right? And they're going to nurture these leads for a year, for two years, for three months, however long it takes until they're ready. And then they're going to pass it off. That takes out that portion of the prospecting for you It doesn't mean you don't have to prospect, it just means there's going to be an add on into your business, where these leads are just coming in, you just pick up the phone and pretty soon you're under contract within a couple of weeks. And then I also mentioned a transaction coordinator that almost all teams if if you're joining a team without a transaction coordinator, just look into it a little bit further. I'm not saying it's not the right way to do it. It's just a little bit scary. Okay. But they've got that transaction coordinator that should take about 14 hours of work off of you for every transaction. This is why a lot of people get tapped out at two to three transactions per month. And then they're done. Because if you do the math, and it takes 14 hours, let's call it 10 hours for easy math, you get three of them. That's 30 hours right there and just paperwork and scheduling things and coordinating things that somebody else should probably be handling. And then this way you can go from being tapped out at three or four transactions a month to eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, without having to hire any additional help. And so when everybody is hyper focusing on their job, the ISAs are focusing on turning leads you're focusing on doing people stuff, getting in front of people being the friendly, charismatic, amazing agent that you are answering questions and negotiating. And then you pass that off to a transaction coordinator, so they can do all the scheduling and watch deadlines and get organized and just put everything down on a checklist and check in on your clients and everything. When all of that happens. And of course, there's more to it than this. We have more team members on our personal team. And I know a lot of other teams do. But when you get hyper focused on these things, you get better. If you look at some of the bigger teams out there, they get even more focused, right? And they just have listing specialists that all they do is go on appointments. They don't even prospect, they don't do anything, literally, six hours a day, they're in front of people, right? Buyers agents, same thing. You've got a lot of teams out there that do dedicated buyers agents, and all they do, they come in, they get a list, you've got showing assistants, sometimes a buyer's agent doesn't even need to do the showings on a team, because they've got a showing assistant that's going to do all of that for them. So they can focus on finding the right deal negotiating the right deal putting it all together and then getting it going to the next level my point with this is the more dedicated and the more you know hyper aggressive they get in their role the better experience it is for the client the better experience it is for a client the more likelihood that they're going to tell all of their friends and more importantly they're going to reach back out to you whenever they need to buy or sell and that's going to kind of keep that ball rolling In fact, there's a stat out there that says a client is worth somewhere between $100,000 and $130,000 over the lifetime of of, business right, or over, over a career. So giving that extra little bit is so important because they don't want to work with anybody else when it's such a smooth process like that. When the expert at everything is what they see, that's a way different experience than the solo agent that is an expert at bringing in the leads, but they suck at being in front of people and negotiating and handling their schedule and then you know they're really even worse at the paperwork so things get dropped like you can be great at one or two of these things but it's it's a very rare personality that's good at all three or four however many aspects there are to the real estate business it's very hard for you to be an expert in all of those because there's so many different personality types and this is such a wide ranging job i mean at the end of the day this is the largest purchase that most people are going to make or in the or in the event of a seller, it's a sale. And they want a professional. And if you've got a series of professionals that are so hyper focused on just their little job, they get so good at it, and they're 8% better than the rest of the market. That's a great experience for your client. Number four is shared expenses. So you're going to get a lot of extra things on a team generally. A lot of times you get your own office space, sometimes it'll be in a bull pit, sometimes it won't be. And there'll be marketing materials that you might not be able to get on a brokerage that you're not going to have to pay for on a team. Um, whenever you're putting in a prospecting pillar, and it is successful, a lot of times a good team leader is going to scoop that uh, expense off of you so that you can continue to just do what you're doing. You know, a lot of times we want to make sure that we see the benefit first before we take on that expense. As a team leader myself, I get that. Um, But if we see it, like I'm going to try to scoop that off of you so that you can focus on this. I don't want you worried about payroll for your virtual assistant. I don't want you worried about, you know, um, whatever that prospecting style that's costing $600 a month and you're like, well, it's bringing in a lot of business, but I don't want to spend this kind of money. At the end of the day, if it's positive for you, your team leader should be watching that and making sure that you're staying on top of it because it's cash flow positive for you. It's really easy for real estate agents. I I don't know why this is, by the way. I did it early in my career, too. But it's really easy for us to look at something and go, well, it's not really working but not actually having enough data to know if that's true or not. For instance, we uh, once upon a time had a cold caller that was doing uh, geofarming for us. It's basically, I would pick a neighborhood and I would say, hey, slam this neighborhood, call everybody in it, and just let them know that we've got a new listing on their block and to see if they know anybody that wants to move in. Well, the thing with uh, geofarm prospecting like this or farming prospecting, if that's how you want to look at it, is that typically the incubation time for somebody is not very short. It's not a six month window that somebody says, yeah, I'm kind of thinking about selling And six months later, they are that happens. But it's pretty rare. Most of the time, it's a two year or a year and a half incubation period. So what happened was, we weren't seeing good trending data, we got rid of that person after some time. And then the deal started coming in from the work that she had done a year previously, right? We didn't actually get rid of her, we put her in a different position, but you get my point. And a lot of team leaders should be watching these for you. If you're cold calling and you're paying for a cold calling service or, you know, uh, a a dialing service so that you can get these numbers and you're three months in and you're kind of getting some appointments, but it's not super and you, you know, it's not super successful and you kind of want to give up. A good team leader will be looking at that going, no, 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 you're, you know, you're on the verge. Will you, will you continue calling if I pay for it? And it takes that stress off of you. All right, I think I beat that dead horse. So let's move on to number five of joining a team versus a so going solo in a brokerage. Probably the most important one that's on this list by, I don't know, a mile. And that is mentorship, okay? You can get great mentorship at a brokerage. You can get a great broker. You can get a great managing broker, a great office manager. Don't get me wrong. I am not knocking them. There are some phenomenal ones out there. But on a team, you're getting somebody that is actively in the business or if they're out of the business they were doing it at a high level or they understand how to build a team to do it at a high level which means the accountability is going to be there the strategies are going to be there and the quick adjustments are going to be there one thing that agents tend to be a little bit bad at is understanding when they need to move on to something else or where they need to pivot and a strong team leader is going to be able to do that for you or you know a team structure in general because they might have a training manager or something like that so getting direct mentorship of somebody that's done it at a really high level and has the tools and the, the the knowledge and the skill level to make you successful at that thing is super important because don't get me wrong, there's a lot of phenomenal brokers out there. But as you'll probably see when you're out interviewing with people or talking to other brokerages or other brokeraging managers, recruiters, whoever you're talking to, a lot of them are not in sales all the time. In fact, most Brokers of big box chains aren't in sales at all. So they're getting hearsay and then they're passing it off. And that could be very, 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 very fruitful and very successful. But having a mentor directly, you know, belly to belly, doing the things that you want to do, and then using the strategies that they teach you and taking it to the next level and them helping you take it to the next level is invaluable. In fact, I think a mentor should be something across the board that every real estate agent does, whether you're going solo or whether you're joining a team, you need a mentor in this game, we have an 87% failure rate in this industry. That's a scary number. But with a good mentor, you can knock that number down tremendously. And number six on my list for joining a team over a brokerage would be a greater sense of community. Now, again, you're going to get a great sense of community at a lot of these great brokerages. In fact, one of the big box chains I was with before, um, you know, they talked a lot about like, this is kind of like a family here. And I remember when I first heard it, I was like, it's corny. Then after like a year or so, I was like, oh, great. These people are great. Like, it really is kind of like a family. You have some people you really like. Then you have the in-laws, the ones that you don't like, right? Um, But I'm joking on that. But like, realistically, there was a very good culture Um, as some of these bigger brokerages that I've been to because this is my fourth brokerage after all and several of them were big box ones. And so, having that greater sense of community within your team, you know, we try to do a lot of team events. We try to do, you know, Christmas parties. We do client events. We get together and it's just more tight knit. It just makes working a little bit more enjoyable instead of having to go through the grind, going to the office and sitting around the water cooler and just BSing about that listing that you almost got and somebody else got. And you're kind of wasting time a little bit. When you have everybody working together toward a common goal and everybody's got the same mindset, the same attitude that we're here to help families or make a ton of money or whatever the big goal is for you guys. I personally do it off families helped. Um, I'm not as worried about the volume that we do or the income. I mean, I'm running a business at the end of the day. So that is a big factor, but I'm more in tune with like the families helped. And when I bring people on board that believe the same thing that we should be helping as many families into, into safe homes and you know, that we should be helping as many families as we can, or individuals or investors, whatever, but help as many people as we can, we're all going in that direction, it feels a lot better. And the overall community involvement is a lot better too, because we're all thinking the same and we all have the same kind of agenda. And we all have the same goals. And that just makes working together a lot more fun. All right, if you made it this far, and you haven't subscribed yet, go ahead and hit that subscribe button and then tickle that little bell so that you'll be notified every single time I do a new video. And If you guys are looking for something, I do have a little something for you down below in the comment section. There's a link there for you. You can sign up Um, and it's just free information. We're not going to bombard you with anything. You do need to submit an email in order to get to it. Um, but yeah, like I said, we're not going to bombard you too much. Go ahead and go down there. Um, nice little tool for you. You can use if you would like. And then of course there'll be a playlist that pops up right behind my head here in just a moment that you can go ahead and jump in and get some other tips and kind of, you know, just see how I operate. And if you like it, you can follow, you can like, you can comment down below, whatever. I love talking to you guys. If you guys have something you're struggling with, put it in the comment section down below, and I will try to get to it as soon as I can, but for now. That's all I've got. So I guess I'll see you guys next week.